0: Welcome to Grayson 30 on WERALP, Arlington 96.7 FM. This is Ed Mellick, and I'm joined by my co-host, Sal Dietry. Sal, you psyched about tonight's nice guest?
1: Ed, indeed. Tonight, we're talking about businesses for good, something that's near and dear to our heart. Look, if you want to attract today's millennials, it's no longer to be a business driven solely by profit. Today, Today's young people are more and more demanding that companies are focused on Conscious capitalism, doing things for good, a sense that the company has a higher purpose. You know, just important, our universities are now teaching students how to build businesses that create social value, something we're very excited about. Today we're joined by Lisa Green Pemble, Associate Professor of Business and Director of Social Entrepreneurship and Global Impact at George Mason University. Proud to have a fellow Mason person here on with us, and Vijay Venkateshwaran. CEO of Viventum, provides strategy, management, consulting, advisory services to large corporations, startups, investors, high-tech veterans. Uh, Look, if anyone's worked in the wireless business in Northern Virginia, you know VJ. Uh, We're here to talk about how George Mason University is really trying to to catch on to this idea of new world of businesses where people are doing good and really bring this into a unique focus for the university. Uh, It's something we're going to talk about has really become a, a focus. Across the country. Lisa and Vijay, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Look, let's jump right in. Lisa, Let's lay the groundwork here. Explain to listeners what is Mason doing at the Center for Innovation and Entrepreneurship? What's your role as director of uh, entrepreneurship and global impact?
2: Sure, so my role is primarily to engage students and faculty and alumni uh, who are interested in making a difference in their world and uh, they come to us with what they want to do and why they want to do it and we help them figure out how they can actually do it. So we have opportunities inside of the classroom. We provide opportunities for all Mason students and alumni, regardless of their major, to enhance their entrepreneurial skills. We recognize that the challenges that we face are bigger than one discipline or one major, And we want our students to be well-rounded scholars and engaged students who are prepared to act precisely because they rubbed elbows with business students, philosophers, global health advocates, artists, and engineers. So we offer a range of courses that all students can take advantage of. Outside of the classroom, we have a lot of services through our Center for Innovation and Entrepreneurship. We have a maker space where students can build and break. We have an innovation lab that provides seed funding and feedback to alumni and students, and we have a Dean's Business competition, so whether you want to start a new venture or just dip your toes in entrepreneurial waters, we have a little something for everybody.
1: Yeah, and I really think this gets to the sense of of purpose and passion as driving a business. I think we've we've sort of lost a little bit of that in the past decades. It seems like a lot of business people come out, they want to get into real estate, they want to get into finance and Wall Street, and, you know, actually Clay Christensen, who's one of my favorites, you know, has a book um, called How Will Your Life Be Measured? where he says that, you know, the graduating class of Harvard University actually have no idea what they really want to do. And people get trapped in these sort of, you know, the big house, the big car, the kids, the college. And jail. They, and they, yeah, jail. And they come back years and they're and they're unhappy. And I think what you all are trying to do is really bring that, that burning sense of desire that people have forward in a way that helps promote businesses for good, but also businesses of
0: great passion. So when we spoke on the phone, uh, the three of us, You guys have got me very fired up about George Mason. I felt like enrolling in some classes. (laughs) But you used words like distinctiveness and experiential and and purpose-driven to describe the school and the CIE. And so I wanted you guys to share uh, what makes Mason unique, sort of a school that's different than any other school and and a special place to go in terms of the students and the community that you're in. So, Lisa, if you'd go first with that, I'd love to hear it.
2: Sure. I think uh, right off the bat, there are at least three reasons. One is we're just extremely diverse. So we're fortunate to have 35,000 students from all 50 states and over 130 countries. Uh, About a third of our students are first-generation college students, another third are Pell Grant recipients, and half identify as minorities. And this diversity in demographics complements diversity in thought and experience, and these many unique perspectives in turn feed into the innovative and entrepreneurial spirit of our Mason community. I think a second uh, thing that's distinctive about our program is that we're preparing career-ready graduates. Employers are telling us that they want graduates who can think creatively, communicate clearly, and collaborate effectively. And entrepreneurship is really the perfect way to cultivate these qualities. By necessity, entrepreneurs have to think creatively. They communicate clearly. They inevitably rely on teams, and they succeed only through persistence and determination. So I would say that you know the, the, these students that come out of our program are ready for anything that comes their way in the workforce. And the last thing that I would say is that um, that makes us distinctive is we're truly an interdisciplinary program. We are drawing and pulling from all majors all around campus and all of our programs because we really want our students, um, as I said earlier, to, to rub elbows with people who think differently, who have different experiences, because we know that diverse teams produce the best solutions.
0: One of the other cool things that you mentioned, you said you, you felt like first generation and immigrant children students are natural-born entrepreneurs. Explain what you meant by that.
2: Yeah, I, the the first-generation college students, and, and really working at Mason, whether they're first-generation or not, I, I would say that there's something about the Mason student that has kept me at Mason for over 17 years now, and it's they have a, a spark, a, a desire to learn. They have grit. They want to um, try, take risks, fall down, get back up again. And so I think there's something in the water in this particular region that really cultivates this sense of I want to make a difference, I'm a millennial, I want to make a difference, I want to make an impact and I'm willing to do what it takes uh, put in the hard work to get there.
1: And VJ, you know we see in Silicon Valley today if you look at at Microsoft, other companies are headed by, People who whose parents probably immigrated to this country—is this a uh, you know a trend in terms of now trying to look at look upon these immigrants, folks who are second generation, as as being someone who's looking for more than just the traditional work, as someone who's really a hard driver, but maybe pushing in some of these other areas that are humanities or other area focused. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for the question. Um, I'd absolutely agree with that. I think
3: part of the experience that a place like Mason can provide is because of some of the points that Lisa mentions, but also because of the the nature of the program itself. It's very interdisciplinary and I think that's one of its uh, key strengths in that you can really take some of the teaching and the theory at Mason, but because of the proximity and the, um, the local area industry that you have access to, you have a way in which you can immediately apply this in a real-world context. And I think what's uh, powerful about that is the backgrounds of the students, the diversity as Lisa mentioned, Come together along with the kind of faculty and involvement to really push these students to uh, look for a higher purpose beyond just, you know, going working for a company, for example. So I think entrepreneurship innovation are first and top of mind for many of these students, and so applying these in a in a real world context and and creating solutions to the most complex business problems, but also something that's important to uh, many people like me. While well, I was not a first-generation college student, I was a first-generation engineering college student, the first one. And for me, it was very important to get the kind of support from the faculty and in the interdisciplinary cu- uh, kind of curriculum that I was exposed to, because it prepared me well to understand some of the broader problems and challenges and um, not only look for business solutions that, um, that, that created value, but also had a social benefit.
1: Now, Stephen Fuller's talked a lot about uh, this concept of this region needing to move from a .dot gov to a .dot com economy, and and a lot of that deals with venture capital, right? And their mentality into sort of the or funding some of these things. Are you all seeing? Uh, it, you have a sort of an initiative yourselves to sort of jumpstart these. Uh, startups for good, we'll call them, but are you seeing venture capital starting to come to you all or look at this model at all? Absolutely. I think, it's,
3: it's, I think Mason's uh, very much in the path of this type of activity by venture capital, looking at uh, university collaboration, partnering with faculty, uh, folks like Lisa, who have access to high-quality talent in the classroom as well as critical thinking and diverse backgrounds. So venture capital uh, is increasingly partnering with universities. You're seeing Mason do this. You're seeing schools up in the Northeast do this. And the idea really is that they want to get access to faculty and students to get access to talent, to get access to thought leadership at an earlier stage when these ideas are just starting to fall into place and get um, almost kind of uh, landing rights on some of these concepts and make um Sort of early ideas on early stage investments, and so as these students progress through the program, and you know, Mason's got the Center for you know Innovation and Entrepreneurship. They've got a new uh, look, you know, location now, which or serves as an incubator. The idea is that students start to get more ingrained in the Mason way of driving innovation and entrepreneurship. Venture capital in the area and in the region is going to start increasingly looking to you know universities like Mason to. Um, Create this supply chain for um, new thinking, new ideas, uh, and based on again this
1: point of this cross-disciplinary approach uh, to entrepreneurship and innovation. Yeah, it's interesting. You know, ten years ago, intellectual property was everything that they were looking for from universities, but now it's you know the next generation of creative leaders with the internet, with the ability to bring things to market very quickly. We're looking to broaden that scope and understanding of what is possible and what what can be brought to market. You know, Lisa, give us some examples of some of the startup companies that are nurtured by CIE. Um, we talked on the phone. You talked about Iron Goat and some others. Some creative things going on there. Tell us a little bit about that.
2: Sure. So, Iron Goat. Um, it's found, um, the founder of Iron Goat is Jason Force, and he is a graduate of George Mason University. And he's taken advantage of a number of programs that the university offers. He developed a. Well, for lack of a better description, a Roomba for your lawn, if you think about it uh, that way.
1: I need to meet him. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and the the idea was that he wanted to, uh, it would eventually evolved. He had to pivot a number of times, but it resulted in a reconverted John Deere tractor that takes uh, mow's grass, converts the grass to pellets, the pellets then can be used to fuel the lawnmower, but also provide feed to animals. And so um, he got he launched that business. We have another group, uh, Joshua and Ibi, uh who together uh, are taking a landscaping company uh, in Northern Virginia that they um, own, and they are. Uh, putting together a program to work with veterans who suffered from PTSD, and they're providing them opportunities uh, through the landscaping business to uh, get, get uh, uh, skills at landscaping, at craftsmanship, building, and also receive um, health care. So that's another one. And then the third one that I would say is near and dear to uh, our hearts, we have a, a honeybee uh, initiative on campus, and we're using sustainable and entrepreneurial means. Uh, to take uh, what is a crisis in the honeybee population and turn it into a sustainable business model that our students can run.
1: I love all those. You know, in the month of May, we had a, a focus on the military and really brought to light how many of our military are suffering with PTSD and how big of a thing that is for uh, just such a large population of our of our younger people, people in their 30s, people who have come back from two wars. So I, I give you a lot of credit for uh, for starting that and then you know, the honeybee initiative just seems to me to be ripe for uh, bringing people together to help you in many ways uh, you know VJ our good friend Ken Stewart who's at GE Ventures is a big honey honeybee guy he's got a couple of uh, hives in his backyard and I just think that that's something that also would not only bring interest but a lot of talented people who might come to your aid in that so uh, interesting stuff for sure I want to ask you both, uh, let's talk about the purpose and and being mission driven. How do you help people uncover their sort of higher purpose? Because I'll tell you, each week we feature people who are called to some action and and they're just average people who end up doing amazing things. A a fireman in Arlington County who uh, on a trip to Haiti after the earthquake decided at the spur of a moment to save a school of 240 children who were starving. I just talked today to a gentleman who owns a very successful construction business in Northern Virginia. After one trip to Sri Lanka, he now goes there several times a year and he's he's building schools and doing things there um, to save that economy. How, how, talk about mission-driven and how your students kind of come to find their higher purpose and their passion.
2: It's a process and it happens one student at a time. Um, it involves a lot of careful listening to students. Uh, what it is that bothers or troubles them or frustrates them, what it is that gives them great joy, Um, a lot of those strong emotions are fertile ground for exploring what it is that they really want to do. So we have some students who are in that exploration process and it, it really is a matter of sitting down and taking time and creating opportunities for dialogue with the students, with students um, and their peers, students and community partners to kind of figure that out and just getting involved in student clubs where they can meet other people who might share similar passions or might share uh, a similar desire to make a difference. Um, So those are for the students who don't really know what they necessarily what they want to do but we also have quite a few students who come to us and it's usually from an experience. So we have um, students who are DACA students, for example, so students who um, whose immigration status might affect their ability to access higher education and those students want to make a profound difference in that particular area. Or we might have a student who had an experience um, with a sustainable I- sustainability issue. And so that student has now decided that they're going to work to provide clean water um, to a particular area. So some students come to us knowing what their passion is and what they want to do and why. And other students, it's just a matter of taking time to sit and, and listen.
1: Yeah, you bring up a good point about listening. That just comes up time and time again in in a lot of our guests is that they find that they first started listening and then started acting. You know, Vijay, jump in on this because, you know, you've been around big corporations. You've seen a lot of people who you, you see them and you say, you're you're a superstar here, but really this is your higher passion. I just interviewed a young person and I said, look, you'd be great here, but this thing you've been telling me about for the past 10 minutes, this is what you should really go do you know, and it's comfortable giving me that advice. Tell us about how you kind of bring some of this passion to actionable items, you know, based on a lot of your career experiences. No, absolutely. Um, I'd say when I work with companies, and I've worked with a lot of different
3: companies, both in careers as well as now in my own business, um, I run into a lot of executives, and I'm startled by what I find is this this inability to get passionate about what they're doing. Uh, It seems like when you talk to your average executive at the VP and above, which is typically my clientele, most of the time they're pursuing an opportunity or completing a task or an activity or taking on a project just because they have to. And I find often in a lot of my consulting and advisory work that the passion is missing or the the purpose is missing or a real deep understanding of what the the value is. And so there's a almost sort of a, they're devoid of um uh, A drive to get things done or they are getting things done or attending meetings, spending a lot of time on what I would call non-value-add activities. And in a number of situations, I've had um, good relationships with my clients on a one-on-one basis and I have on many occasions pulled them aside. And I think for the value of the work that I deliver, I've often found most of the value was not just for the analysis and some of the fact-based research and innovative solutions that Leventum uh, develops for its clients. But because of this one-on-one engagement, where I basically challenge them to listen, to understand the data, to listen to their inner voice, what their, what their drive is, and what is it about their company? What is it about their products? What is it about their customers? What is it about their, their teammates that they really believe in? And what do they want to stand for? And how can they then harness all their, their energy, their critical thinking, and talent to delivering real value? And I often find that those relationships ultimately become enduring from a consulting and an advisory perspective. But also once you finish up the project and you wrap up, it, all, it obviously leads to follow on work, but it's a, it's a deeper relationship at that point. You become a trusted advisor at that point, And people feel a deep connection to, not only the work they're doing, but to also the kind of problems they're solving, and they've essentially transformed how they uh, look at solving some of the most complex problems out there.
1: This is really like professional coaching in, in some extended way. I mean, you talked about scaling relationships. I mean, how important is that at the executive level? Because I think, to to your point, you're you're really trying. It's it's a you know 360 uh, feedback is one of the old techniques, but today that's so important to sort of bring out. Uh, within a company, those sort of bright bulbs that may be hidden somewhere in a cube or not bring forward those ideas. I, I did a Dale Carnegie thing several years ago where they talked about green light sessions where everything could be put on the table. Tell us a bit about how you want to try and bring that to some of these students at Mason. I mean, you know I remember my first job out of college I wasn't afraid to say anything you know and so how do you kind of bring some of that forward? I th-
3: if I had to look back at what I did at Mason and, and some of the professors that I um, that I really uh, revered and um, took a lot of what their advice was to heart I'd like to pass that on. I think what's what's important when you're at Mason is to um, really develop a good relationship with your faculty and I think the, the faculty at Mason have a unique uh, set of skills. I mean, they have practical experience, they have obviously a good command of the theory and the, uh, the direction of the curriculum and so forth. But I think it's important as you pick up on the, the hints and the guidance that you get from your faculty as a student, it's important to kind of determine how you're going to apply this information in a real world context. And I think many ways companies need people who can clarify direction. Look at data and uh, create insights that are compelling, and listen to customers, listen to the employees, and understand how the combination of your of you know of a p- powerful workforce and a satisfied customer can allow you to deliver value. And I think if um, your Mason you know if Mason graduates were to, I think just take a moment to listen to their inner voice and also understand the kind the messages and the information they're getting. Um, through the um, you know through the classroom through their peers and so forth, I think sometimes just listening and and internalizing that information and shaping it in a way that you feel is um, sort of consistent with your passion, consistent with your thinking and your ability to execute, will allow you to deliver uh, valuable you know I'd say insights, solutions to business problems, come up with a great app, mobile application, whatever. But it's I think that's what, those are some of the ingredients I would say of real passion of uh, uh, delivering real competent solutions is what is what the business, um, sort of the business community
1: needs. And how do you both see companies, you know, they come on campus, they're recruiting. I mean, you look at someone like Iron Goat, when, when, you know, won this Department of Energy Prize, folks who have come to you and said, look, they want to look at treating cancer through plant-based medicine, other things like that. H- how are you seeing employers engaging this new type of of candidate who's so well-rounded and and has a lot of these great thoughts. Give us some some feedback if you have any on uh, some feedback you've gotten from from employers or things you've seen uh, in the process.
2: Well, I think employers are actually pretty uh, I mean, we've all read the, they're they're delighted. Uh, We've all read the the, um, prognosis that artificial intelligence and robots are going to replace many of the jobs that are in existence today. And while a recent Forbes article said something about how Maybe those claims were a little bit overstated. The point was still we need to start thinking differently about the work that we do today and how that will look in the future and the wonderful thing about working with students in an entrepreneurial or an entrepreneurial mindset is that they're used to taking different ideas and bumping them up together and coming up with these sort of creative ideas and most of the employers that we meet are telling us give us students who can think creatively who can put ideas together differently who have passion and zest, they don't necessarily have to have the right, um, you know, major or anything like that. They have to have the entrepreneurial skill set.
1: That's so true. I I look back on these interviews I did last week and, you know, I I told one young man, I said, everyone comes in here with wireless and LTE. What do you want to do? I said, you got to find some other way to differentiate. yourself. I need to know who you are because this is like drinking water today to come in with technology. Yeah. And I'll just add to that. to, to,
3: yours, to your point and to Lisa's, I think in addition to those points, I think what em- employers and uh, investors that are, you know, running PE firms or venture capitalists or have, um, you know, various companies under their management, they like bringing in people with cross disciplines and different perspectives. In fact, this is how Lisa and I initially connected on some of these opportunities, because my, the question I really want to ask and challenge the business community on is, how do you take people with different backgrounds, whether you're a humanities major, an engineering major, or a business major, accounting major, whatever, and how do you get a a group of people to work together to create sort of a one plus one equals three type of factor? And I really think that the power of diversity, different backgrounds helps employers because they are able to create and work in teams in a much better way. There's a lot more openness, diverse thinking, and so forth.
0: Absolutely. So, So we've talked a lot about purpose and we had a conversation about this on the phone, and so I'm gonna put you on the spot. <laughs> so if you're telling your students, you know, identify your purpose and then and, and follow it and honor it, if you can reduce it to one or two words, if you had a name, what are your purposes? Lisa, why don't you go first? Of
2: course, okay, so that is just a really great question, and I would say my background is as a rhetorician. So I study the power of words, and one of my favorite quotes is, a choice of words is a choice of worlds. And so I would say that my purpose is—I think one of my purposes is to inspire, and that is the word that I would use. That I try to use the, the the words in the classroom, the case studies, the experiences to inspire students because they are so amazing and they really do have the power to make a difference. And they just have to find that inner voice, as Vijay was saying earlier, and and act on it. So, inspire would be my word.
3: Vijay, uh, clarify. So. The way I look at it is my, the feedback I get from my clients and the, the people that I've worked with is that I have this ability or I've developed this ability to take complex information or look at very complex problems and simplify them so that people can understand what the core objective is. What's, what are we really trying to fix here? What are we really trying to solve? And because of my approach and because of my thought process and my ability to work with people, to clarify the most complex problems uh, out there, I've built a reputation for this. So I think my you know, sort of way of looking at this now and uh, in, in working with Lisa and working with Mason is I think I'd like to really take this path forward because I think some of the social impacting um, uh, opportunities are really complex, and there's not a lot of attention focused on that. To some of the earlier points that we made here, that we're often looking at value creation, shareholder value, and other uh, factors, or can we build the next, you know, great mobile game and so forth? But I think what we need to do is use, harness the, you know, the business community, um, academics, institutions like Mason to start cranking out people in, like a supply chain uh, into the workforce that can not only deliver. Uh, you know, ways to clarify some of those complex problems out there so you can create business value. But it would be better and even probably more important if we could do it with, in a way that had a positive social impact.
0: So we've got a couple minutes, and I want to make sure you guys issue a call to action. So, uh, Lisa, why don't you go first? What would you like our listeners to, to do or think?
2: I would like our listeners to come seek us out. Come partner with us. We are always looking for people who can mentor students, who can support our programs, uh, who can add value to what it is that we're doing, and who want to work with some of the most amazing young people who really are the future of the world that that we live in today and it's an incredible opportunity so come partner with us.
0: So it can be individuals, companies?
2: Individuals, companies, organizations.
0: Come one and come all.
2: Come one and come all.
0: Vijay?
3: Yeah I would say very very similar I would say go to Mason. I think you need to meet Lisa and (laughs) uh, you know partner with the Center for Innovation and Entrepreneurship because they are looking to clarify and solve some of the most complex problems out there that you know creates business value as
0: well as social benefits
3: and if those things are important to you then Mason's the right place.
0: Uh, we have another minute I do want to make sure Lisa you quickly talk about Ashoka and what that is and what you guys do there with them.
2: So Ashoka is one of the most renowned organizations that in the in the social impact space and uh, George Mason University was one of the founding Ashoka University campuses And that's just a network of like-minded people across uh, the, actually across the globe, who are interested in how we educate young people, how we partner with communities uh, to make the kind of impact to to create the world that we want to make. Their philosophy is everyone uh, change maker. And so that sort of aligns quite nicely with what our mission is at the Center for Innovation and Entrepreneurship.
1: Yeah, it's interesting you you bring me back to my days as, as a college graduate in the computer field how many people had degrees in sociology psychology and they worked in the field of computers today everyone's a double e or a computer engineer and to your point you can't get 20 engineers in a room and solve a problem you can only make that problem more complex so i, I love what you guys are doing look vj and lisa thank you so much for joining us we love what you're doing to prepare our young people to live lives of purpose and impact. If listeners want to find out more about Georgia Mason Center for Innovation and Entrepreneurship, visit the website at business.gmu.edu backslash innovation. Ed, my friend, talk us out of this one.
0: This is Ed Sal signing off from Grayson 30 on WERALP, Arlington 96.7 FM. Everybody have a great night and be sure to tune into Grace.